See anything you like? Have you all got amnesia? They just cheated us! There's a shark. Little pig. Let me come in. We all go a little mad sometimes. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Welcome to the Cinescare Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Matt Speak. And I am also one of your hosts, Joe Jans. And with us, as always, is the super fan, Mr. Mark Biscati. Hello, everybody. And when I listen to the new intro for Cinescare, every time Richard Dreyfuss says, it's a shark, it sounds like Matt. It sounds exactly like how Matt talks. Hmm. I'll have to listen again next time. It was a shark. It, it, it sounds like you, man. No, 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 no. <laughs> you mean Not that one? You mean famed horror director Matt Speak? <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that Matt Speak. The, that guy. Uh, our short film the foot of the bed was if you have not if you don't follow our facebook group then you probably should be if you listen to the show at all uh but our we have a short film that we did this this uh winter and it was just made an official selection of the chicago horror film festival put in the applause oh yeah uh yeah a smattering of hey. <laughs> Way to go! Yeah. Bravo! Bravo. So, uh, yeah, that's going to be on Mar- or I'm sorry, May 4th and 5th. So if you're going to be there, if you're going to be in the Chicagoland area that weekend, uh, come check out the foot of the bed. So. I won't be there. I'll be celebrating May the 4th be with you. May the 4th be with you. Okay. Well. No. No, that's not true. I might be there. <laughs> Yeah. That'd be Excellent. fun. Yeah. It'll be in the audience wearing yeah. Cinescare merchandise. Uh, you should actually be out front selling Cinescare yeah. merchandise. No, I that's think that'd true. be good for you. Yeah. I'll fucking uh, do it. I don't care. Get it here first. Yeah. Joe and I will be there as well. So May yes. 4th and 5th. I'm going. Yeah. Bullshit. You're not. Are you going? Yeah. yeah. You're, you're going. horses couldn't drag me away. Yeah. Well, how come I wasn't invited? You guys just talked about this by yourself and not we're, inviting me. We're telling me. you about it right now. We're telling you about it right now. We were going to, but you were always busy May the 4th with your Star Wars celebration. So. I just yeah. I just <laughs> talked about it. You, you, you guys obviously had discussions, not on the Sinister chat, talking about it without me. I see how you are. That's, that's completely not true. If no. you're embarrassed about me, it's okay. <laughs> just say so. Oh, we've already said We will that. be there, that and we expect... <laughs> We would expect you to be there with us. Yeah, we would expect you to be there. uh, I will be there. Yeah. 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 At least in spirit. No, I'll be there. Okay. I'll be there there both days. Okay. Excellent. We'll be there too. Excellent. Well, cool. Thanks for the invitation. (laughs) We have to invite you to a film festival? Well, I don't know. I, I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. I was. Planning on being there, I didn't think you Matt was going to fly it up from on California. My own. What? 
I looked it up on my own. I was kind of planning on going regardless if Matt was going or not. Yeah. So, and and Joe and I have been talking about, you know, getting together over the summer when I come to Iowa slash Chicago. And so I I was like, you want to go to the part to the thing? You should go too. I figured you're in Chicago, so you have no reason not to go. But Joe has to drive a couple hours to get there. Yeah. (laughs) So. So party in Chicago. Party in Chicago. Yeah. So in the party in the Cinescare pants. So if you're in the Chicago area, uh, please come and see us at the, it'll be, it's at the Facets Theater, which oddly enough, do you, Mark, do you remember Amy Matheny? Did I sleep with her? No, no. Oh. It was uh, that. Well, that should narrow it down a little. There's <laughs> plenty of girls in in Chicago that Mark hasn't slept with. Um, no. Um, she, she, well, I stayed in her. She had she had like this high rise apartment. I stayed in there in her apartment when I first moved to Chicago before I got that apartment on Waveland. Um, that kind she, of she she came over to our place familiar. a couple times. She was uh, um, she she was in a play at. Circa 21. But anyway, uh, so it's at the Facets Theater. I did a I uh, did a play with her there at the Facets Theater in Chicago. So it's over in, uh, I think over by, is that by Logan Park or? I can't it's remember on exactly. It's I on Fullerton. That. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Logan Square? Logan Square. Yeah, like Logan Square. That's what I was thinking. Uh, I can't remember where it is exactly. It might be Lincoln Park, actually. But anyway, it, check it out. Facets Theater. That's where the the horror convention will be, and we will be there with our film. We've got we have submitted to a lot of others, and uh, so hopefully we'll have more laurels on our on our little on our little poster. So cool. Uh, this, and maybe this, some Hardies. Yeah, <laughs> some what? Laurels and Hardies. Some laurels oh. and Hardies. Oh, wow, boy. Jesus. Can't find I'm not it. Sure if, <laughs> three, I'm not sure if two, that's a drum joke or a... Oh, yeah, that, I'm not sure which one that is. But, Extend uh, to you a laurel and hearty handshake. <laughs> <laughs> and then this that, past weekend... For uh, our new <laughs> sheriff. Yeah, this past weekend, Joe or Jimmy and I uh, reshot a couple things and so, or added a, a, a couple things. Uh, for our credits and and uh, so it's 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 shaping up. So uh, I hope there's a Joe, happy ending. Yeah, there Matt, will be. Yeah, for Mark, you, uh, Joe. Joe. At the uh, at the request of several members of the media, what have you watched recently that you would like to talk about, other than stuff that was part of the five movies, the five movies that we watched this week? Six. I watched a few five. Um, First one was a nice little gem from 2011 called We Need to Talk About Kevin that uh, yeah. stars Tilda Swinton, John C. Riley of all people, and of course, Ezra Miller. Uh, for those of yeah. you who have not seen this movie, if you are thinking about having children at all, if you are on the fence, please watch this film because you will just go barren for the rest of your life. This is a movie they should show in high school for like, uh, uh, you know, anti-sex ads or whatever. Uh, this is about Tilda Swinton, who's a mother of a small child and the child basically grows up hating her. 
it's it's not like possessed. This is not the exorcist or anything. It's just a child that he's messed up in the head and he does everything in his power from the smallest of little boys all the way up to his high school teenage years doing whatever he can to ruin his mother's life. He likes his dad. He likes his little sister. Just doesn't like the mom. And it's a tremendous film. And I highly recommend anybody watch this. This was, I made, I watched this twice in the past week. I made my wife watch it. And there's archery in it. There's lots and lots of archery. So, and actually it's quite an important part of it. But so anyway, that was my, did you guys watch this too? No. I watched it, I think, a year or two ago, maybe. Oh, yeah. okay. I had Good uh, movie. Good movie. Loved it. Loved it. Uh, I'm going to move on next to a new one for 2024 for my, you know, best ofs. I watched on, God, I think it was on Shudder, uh, History of Evil. Have you guys watched this yet? It's about a family on the run uh, from a corrupt state that takes refuge in a safe house with an evil past. And I did like the movie. It was okay. However, I felt like it was grossly miscast. I didn't really care for, uh, and some of the characters a little underdeveloped. The main character, this woman who's supposed to be like a, who was a woman in Sarah Connor. Uh, she's supposed to be like a Sarah Connor. She's Linda, Linda Hamilton. <clears throat> yeah. She's, she's supposed to be, you know, rallying the resistance of this post-apocalyptic or whatever type of uh, state that the, the country has become. And she just doesn't <laughs> seem convincing enough. Like I should rally behind this woman. Like she's this wonderful activist, but so that part really had me, wanting more out of her, but she just didn't deliver by the time it was done. It, it was okay. It takes a really weird right turn. The, the house is haunted, but it's the thing that's different about this one where they go to hide out in is what it's haunted with or who used to live there in the past and what they used to be into. Um, I don't typically see that type of hatred brought up in movies. So that part was a little interesting. That was okay. I would say it's, you know, if you just want to check off seeing a bunch of 2024 films, it's worth a watch. Which movie was that? That's history of evil. Oh, okay. New for 2024. And I believe, like I said, I think it was on shutter. And the last one that I rented is somewhere quiet, which I also believe is 2024. This, uh, I had to rent it. So I believe it's on Prime Video and Apple yeah. Plus. You can rent it from both places. This movie follows a yep. woman as she readjusts to normalcy after a kidnapping. Her sense of reality begins to deteriorate when she travels to her husband's family compound. This is just gaslighting after gaslighting. And um, uh-huh. although I'm, now that I say it, I don't know if it really is. Maybe she's just nuts. But anyway, yeah, it's, it's, this is another it's, uh, up in the air. Yeah, you don't really know. This was a very intense film. I wanted more out of it. I don't want to get into too much of it. Uh, It was very well acted, very well scripted. Pacing was good. It's only, God, I want to say, oh, hour and 40 minutes. Uh, 
it it held my interest from beginning to end. I just was hoping for a little bit more bang out of it, uh, especially towards the end. But anyway, I I did enjoy yeah, it. I, it's not I watched bad. this one too, and I agree. It it I, I would have liked a little bit more at the end, but it was interesting. I thought you know it was definitely had like a weird. Uh, I don't know if it was dream logic necessarily, but it, it definitely had like a, like you're not sure exactly what's going on vibe to it. Yeah. And yeah. I thought that, uh, what's her name? Marin Ireland was fantastic in it. Like she was so like, ugh, just you hated her and she was kind of creepy as well. Oh, was that the cousin? You know? She was really, yeah, the cousin. She's the, she was yeah. in, uh, the dark and the wicked and she was in, right. uh, what was the, the Frankenstein like movie we just saw this last year, it was the one, uh, Re- birth rebirth. Um, oh, I, I saw she was, seen that. Oh, uh, that was good. That was really, you should check it out. That was, she was, she played the, the doctor in that who was trying to reanimate someone. And, and she was very, you know, cold in that, but she's, she's such a, a really good actress, but I liked it. It, it wasn't, you know, wasn't a perfect movie or anything, but it's definitely worth checking out. It's in my top 10, but it won't be for long. Right. Cause yeah, I don't have exactly. 10 movies. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, exactly. it'll get <laughs> yeah, but it, yeah I, I'm sure it'll get bumped for me too. It, it'll be a bad year. If that's if that winds up in the top 10, not that it's a bad movie. I, it'll probably wind up in my twenties, maybe something like that. It's, it's worth checking out. Yeah. It ranked high in, uh, yeah, no, it's and I and I know a lot of people really loved it. So it's it's like I you know for that reason it's 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 one of those if you really it's a gaslighting kind of thing and and has some almost dream logic to it in a way. Um, so it's it's definitely worth your time. And I I would wait for it maybe to come to a streaming platform sometime this year. It's not one that you have to. It's so good you should watch it as soon as you can. Like it'll probably wind up on some kind of streaming platform for free, like Hulu or something. And it would be definitely worth your time to check it out. Okay. Speaking of which, what's that? There's a movie, a horror movie that just came out. Was it inanimate? Is that the one about the little girl that, uh, she has like a little teddy bear that Mm -hmm. comes to life or is possessed or something. Imaginary. Imaginary. It's, it's, It's coming out. I think it's coming out next month. That's what I was going to say is that's a 2024 movie that was released in the theaters. It's going to be on Hulu March 8th. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't it, it, bode I think very it, well for how good of a no. movie it was then. Right. No, it's I think it's going to come out on Hulu like a week or two after or was it the same day? I can't remember now. No, I like I think it's already gone to theaters and left. And now it's going to wind up on no, it, uh, streaming. No, it, because I just said they, they had the preview for it in when in the oh, movie really? I saw this it's, weekend. So it's so I don't it's think coming it's, out. Oh. It hasn't been released. Yeah, it's it's still coming out. But it is okay. It is supposed to go to Hulu quickly, and I'm not sure why. But sometimes they do that. I you know they ju- you just never know. Um, sometimes they do. They call that date and day. I think when they release yeah. it uh, in the theater and on a platform in the same day, which. You know, yeah. it, that doesn't necessarily mean anything because Five Nights at Freddy's was released in the theater and on Peacock yeah. on the same day. And it it was like one of the highest grossing movies of the whole year. So, yep. However, 
But is that all you didn't? Is that a, oh, go ahead. No, I guess you didn't. I guess as long as you had Peacock, you didn't have to pay extra for it. No, uh, right. it was no. part of your thing. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, that was, that was it for me. I'm just going to sit back and wait for March 8th and watch imaginary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mark. Hi. What did you watch recently? Oh, um, Anything I wa- new or like from 2024. Well, no, I mean anything not theme related, I guess, whatever, whatever you anything watched. doesn't have hookers in what? it. Hey, yeah, uh, I watched um, a 2017 film that that's on Shutter. It's called "Ruin Me." Have you guys heard of that? No. It's, uh, it's about uh, six horror fanatics going on a slasher sleep out, uh, an extreme event that is part camping trip, part haunted house, and part like escape room. Um, you have the classic run of the mill uh, horror characters. You know, you got the horror geek, the emo punk rock couple, uh, the good looking guy who is maybe too perfect, uh, the oblivious boyfriend who doesn't have a clue. And, of course, the girl who doesn't know anything about horror films and will, of course, uh, become the final girl. Um, It has like that scream meta lines, you know, bashing you in the face. But it was enjoyable enough to keep uh, my interest. Also, I watched uh, what it's, it's on Paramount Plus. Uh, I know Matt, you saw it in the theater, The Last Voyage of Demeter. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and yeah, so um, it's on Paramount Plus. Uh, I watched it today, uh, based on uh, the captain's log from the novel Dracula, and I really enjoyed this film. I uh, have a fondness for films involving uh, ships like uh, Master of Commander and The Bounty. And this film reminds me of Alien, you know, a crew on a ship surviving against a monster. And I heard this film was a bit too long for uh, some people. Not me. I, I, I enjoyed, I was enthralled all the way through it. Um, uh, I enjoyed the transformation of Dracula, you know, throughout the film. I wasn't a fan of some of the dialogue and some of the music, especially at the end. It sort of kind of became like a 90s, you know, action flick at the end. But at the very end, when um, one of the the survivor, I guess you can say, was in the pub and you saw um, a kind of like a misshaped Dracula form, it was super creepy. And I wouldn't mind seeing a, a sequel to this. I know it's probably never going to happen because I don't think it made any money, but I really enjoyed it. Um, Matt, did you, I, I can't remember. I, I think you enjoyed it, right? Yeah, I did. I thought it was uh, pretty good. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was definitely worth checking out, you know? Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, what was the title of it again? I, I can't remember the name of that one. The Last Voyage of Demeter. Oh, yeah, The Last Voyage of the Demeter. That's right. And uh, um, yeah, I thought I thought that was a pretty good one. And in, in fact, the... One of the the girl that's in it, the I can't remember what her role was in it, but she was in in this movie I just saw this weekend, Stop Motion. But um, she played. The oh, lead. was she? Yeah, she played the lead. But uh, yeah, I kind of liked it, and I I kind of liked that Dracula wasn't this suave debonair guy. He was, you know, he was evil. He was like a mon. He was a monster, you know, in this kind of the Nosferatu variety, right? Right, yeah, he was like basically throughout the film. I mean, 
there was some scenes like he's growing into this like yeah monster but um i mean like the final form of this monster was uh kind of like the bram stoker's uh coppola's uh uh, Dracula with the wings and with the yeah. hair and all that, but without the hair. So I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought it was uh, pretty well done. Yeah, I and, thought so uh, too. I like yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I, I really didn't have a problem with it. Besides, you know, some of the music and the action at the end, it just seemed a little bit too nineties kind mm-hmm. of feel. It's like they get the action and you know, mm-hmm. and didn't really need that. But um, other otherwise, I mean. You know, if I ever read Dracula again, I'd read that Captain's Log. It, it's, I mean, what, yeah. what, what a great idea. What a great idea to do, you know, instead yeah. of just, you know, doing a Nina and, you know, Lucy mm-hmm. plot and all that. This was just a nice little expert of, from the novel that I thought right. they did superbly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, pretty much that's all I've uh, watched besides uh, some hooker films. Yeah. Uh, well, I did. I watched a few things again. I, I watched Somewhere Quiet, worth checking out, like I said. Um, and then I, we watched, what was this? Oh yeah, we watched, we watched a new movie this weekend that is in the theaters in limited release, so it's not available everywhere. And it will be. I don't know if it's going to be released everywhere or if they're starting it out small and expanding based on word of mouth. I have a feeling it won't be because it is uh, more of an indie film. It's a British film, and it's called Stop Motion. And this is about. It's really such an interesting idea. I think this is Joe. I think this is one you're really going to love. It is. I if if someone could come up with a combination of a Matt movie and a Joe movie, this would be it. Uh, because it's very. It is. I don't think it's an A twenty four film, but it is shot and it it moves along a bit like an A twenty four film. Not. A, it's not a slow burn. I don't think. But but it definitely has more. You know that kind of feel. But the stop motion stuff in it is super cool. And it's basically this woman who's a stop motion animator uh, is is kind of she's not her mom is a, is is plays like someone who is who was she she um, started to get arthritis in her hands so she could no longer do the the stop motion. She couldn't manipulate the dolls anymore. So she would have her daughter do it but but her mom was like a legend in stop motion animation and so this girl doesn't have that same quiet kind of creativity that her mom has but she starts seeing visions well not visions but starts seeing this girl little girl comes in and starts telling her this is what you should do and you should do this and you should have this and it's fascinating and all of a sudden she starts feeling like the creature from this movie that she's making is is like actually coming to her and it's it's wild. It's very much sort of a psychological horror on top of a bit of a creature feature. It's a mix of things. It's very well done. Uh, Aisling Franciosi, Franciosi, I think is her name. Aisling Franciosi. I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but she's a British actress. She's really good in it. Um, it really, it's a bunch of actors that you kind of look familiar, like maybe you've seen them, but they're nobody that you've really you know, probably all that familiar with. So this was really exciting. I was, I had a smile on my face from just the sheer artistry of this movie and the stop motion and just the, it's such a unique idea, such a, I love 
because we watch so many movies. We watch, you know, whatever, probably a couple hundred horror movies every year, including who knows, 60 to 70 brand new horror movies every year. And to see something that feels like a really original idea is not that common. And I don't need that. I don't mind if somebody, you know, does a slasher, you know, the 8 millionth slasher, as long as it's good, I'm all there for it. Right. But it is really fun to see. And I, and so I was just enjoying seeing a, a real unique vision come to life in, in front of me. And, and I, I had a blast. Michelle loved it. Um, and I think the whole audience was just there for it. There was not a peep in the whole audience. It was a pretty full crowd and it would people, it, people were, there was a lot of body horror. It's a little, it felt a little bit like a, a Cronenberg at times. Uh, there's a lot of body horror, some really, really good body horror and, and, and graphic gore in this. So it's, I highly, highly recommend it. I, if this movie, I was thinking about this cause I, th- I was thinking, this probably will wind up in my top 10, I would imagine, unless this is a really strong year. But if this had come, and I, so I thought, you know, what if this had come out last year? It would probably be top five. So it, it's, it's a strong one. And uh, it will come out, I think it's coming to Shudder. What did I say, Joe? Mar- May 31st, I think. I, think? March, I thought it was March 28th. March 28th. Yeah, somewhere. It's going to be coming to Shudder before long, sometime this spring. So definitely worth it if it is in your area i highly recommend going to see it in the theater and support this movie because it is it's not a big big you know studio movie uh and i i think i think you're really gonna enjoy something special here so um again that is the, nope. mo- the movie is called may, stop Motion. may 31st yeah i'm gonna see it tomorrow may, may 31st oh good may yeah. 31st yeah okay yeah yeah i'm gonna see it tomorrow since i had the day off so i got all the time in the world Excellent. Uh, and then the last thing I saw but that wasn't theme-related was a movie that I had, I had been meaning to see forever, and I just kept kind of either finding something else to watch instead or, or whatever. And it's called Unwelcome from 2022. It's on Shudder, so it's free. Definitely worth checking out. This is um, uh, Londoners Maya and Jamie escape their urban nightmare. They basically, it starts out with them, and they have kind of a, um, a home invasion and they, the next thing you see is them moving to the countryside in Ireland. And because his, uh, I think the, the, the guy, the husband, his aunt died and left him this house and property out in the country, but acres of, of land out in the country in Ireland. And so he takes his wife who's pregnant. She's about eight months pregnant maybe or or further along maybe and they they go and move into this house and and the, the a woman who's a friend of the of the guy's aunt he she tells she tells him that there is something they have to do every night they must leave uh, a blood a blood offering to the creatures that live in the forest outside their garden and there's a wall in their backyard that opens up onto a garden with a gate and there's a little nook in the wall where they're supposed to leave like some bloody meat or bloody. I think they usually leaving bloody raw, uh, liver. They leave that they're supposed to leave that. And if they don't, 
then the creatures will come in. And these creatures are sort of like leprechauns, but they're not. They're they're not leprechauns. They they have a different name for them. They're they call them the red hats, and then they have an Irish name for them too. But they're basically these little goblins. And I I was listening to the reason actually the reason I was reminded to watch this was because I was listening to. Out now and with Aaron and Abe, and they mentioned this movie because they just did an episode about their uh, 2023 horror awards. Definitely worth checking out if you want to. Out now with Aaron and Abe, uh, a couple episodes ago, they did this, and I listened to it. And they they mentioned this when we're talking about another movie, and so I was like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And one of them compared it to Fraggle Rock meets The Straw Dogs, which I don't know if you've ever uh, seen Straw Dogs, but it's about basically a home invasion. <laughs> and in with uh, I think it's Al Pacino's and it. it's an old 70s, basically like home invasion movie, but with with these goblins that look like some kind of creatures from Fraggle Rock, but they're really mean and nasty. It's it's got a no, kind of a mean spirited uh, streak to it so i really it's a lot of fun it's not a perfect movie by any means there's a lot it some sounds kinda, like fun it's a it is it's a if you go into it just looking for fun it is a lot of fun there's some good fairly good gore uh but it is bonkers and the ending is nuts uh so definitely we're checking out it's called unwelcome and it is on shutter so uh yeah i, I felt good because this week i actually got to watch some some you know uh, newer movies or movies that weren't theme related last few weeks. I, I haven't had much of a chance to watch other stuff. So, uh, all right. Well, that brings us to our pick, which is Mark Piscati's pick. And, um, his was a uh, hooker horror. Although I think one of the movies probably doesn't qualify as that, but, uh, which one would that be? Uh, <laughs> The one where the girls are there not under their own volition. <laughs> I don't know if you can call them prostitutes when well, they're it's, it's, basically it's a, being raped it's, every day. It's it's a form of prostitution. Yeah, it's but they're not. Somebody's getting paid for it. Yeah, someone's yeah. getting there. It's basically they're they're, they're, they're being, being held prostituted out. To, they're yeah, being prostituted yeah. out. But they're not getting any money for it, and they're basically just being raped every day. Yeah, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Go ahead, Mark. What do you, what 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 do you want to talk what about? A tremendous this intro. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe. That's a good one. Here, hold oh on. man. Thank you. Yeah, prostitutes and or and uh, whores or hookers or whatever you want to call it. Uh, horror films and hookers uh, go together as well as peanut butter and jelly. You could uh, just hook- call it. You could just call it horror horror because the way you pronounce both, it sounds the same. So it could just it, be. It doesn't horror, sound horror. the same how I say yeah. it. I say yeah, it, it it's it's horror and horror. Can you say yeah. can so, you say horror and horror? Horror horror. Like, exactly. Oh okay yeah. yeah. It's different yeah. when oh, he says that, it. That yeah. makes all yeah. the difference in the world. It's a clear <laughs> distinction. <laughs> yeah. In my ears, it sounds different. Okay, so uh, horror films, you know, are uh, you know, and hookers. Uh, hookers always seem to uh, be getting uh, the short end of the stick in uh, so many horror films. Uh, usually, uh, what? I thought that was a good joke. They get the short end of the stick. They're hor- they're prostitutes. Oh, I didn't even. Uh, yeah, I wasn't even trying on that. It's a double uh, oh, Never mind. Okay, so uh, <laughs> he here we speak go. French. Wee uh, wee. Oui, oui. <laughs> 
usually, usually an uh, an unrelated character in in a horror film where the director needs to you know have a like a fill in to. Uh, you know, a fill-in kill to spice up a slow part of the film. Hey, let's just get a hooker. It's easy. You don't have to worry about character development. You don't have to worry about writing lines. Hell, you don't even need a good actress. She doesn't even need to be pretty. You know, she's a hooker. Throw them in there. And it seems like that happens a lot in horror films. So I decided to honor the oldest profession in the world by dedicating a Cinescare exclusive with about, you know, prostitutes and hookers. Uh, episode. So now all of these films I had us watch involve some type of of uh, hookers. Uh, seeing, you know, some of the films are very prominent with hookers and some are like a faint light brush across the canvas of the um, hookers. So before we begin, did both of you watch Vampire Hookers? No. No, I did not. All right. So apologies to everybody for me posting on the Cinescare fan page, Joe and Matt told me not to do it. Fan of the show, Brian, told me to do it. I did it. Oh, it's and all his fault. It is his fault. He told me to do it. I even showed proof. So it is friend of the show, Brian's you fault. You are on We're- the show. You could have said, oh, you know what? Now we had a rule about this. Uh, but- I wouldn't blame Brian. He can barely no, count I- to three. Exactly. <laughs> that fucker. One, two, three, fucker. We did that yeah. as a sound effect, actually. <laughs> yeah. God, I was that was lit. That oh, I was so pissed. Um, good episode. Okay, so anyways, uh, we're gonna start off with uh, "Dress to Kill," mm-hmm. uh, written by Brian De Palma, De Palma. And uh, released July 25th, 1980, starring Michael Caine, Angie Dickerson, and Keith Gordon, who played the lead Arnie in Christine, and Nancy Allen, who was nominated uh, for the first ever Golden Raspberry Award for Worst Actress. Um, it depicts the events of a sexually frustrated housewife, played by Dickerson, who is brutally murdered in an elevator and witnessed by a prostitute played by Nancy Allen. She's stalked by the killer and it's up to the murdered housewife's son, played by Keith Gordon and Allen, to find out who the killer is. Now, this film is considered a classic erotic thriller slash horror. The film led to controversy and protests upon its release. It was screened at the University of Iowa, and the National Organizational uh, for uh, Women were passing out leaflets. Are you yawning, Joe? <laughs> Sorry, I had did. a long night. <laughs> you fucking yawning? I did. Had nothing Jesus. to do with you. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They were passing Point out night. leaflets. They were passing out leaflets, arguing um, the distorted image of psychopathic uh, male trans- transvestites. Um, they're saying basically, you know, all transvestites make makes our uh, like sexual minorities appear sick and dangerous. And um, anyways, I really think this film holds up to this day. Um, it's De Palma's uh, style of directing that I really think is the most interesting uh, part of this film. Um, the museum scene is, of course, iconic, but the acting, not including uh, Keith Gordon, uh, is what I think doesn't hold up. I think Nancy Allen's uh, acting is very, very 
just a cheese cutter prostitute New York uh, uh, language. I don't know. It, it, it didn't really hit with me. Michael Caine wasn't really that great in the film. Um, and Angie uh, Dickerson said it, it, some of the scenes in this uh, film was just went on too long and it had the same music, also repeated, like repetitive same music that really kind of got on my nerves. I still really enjoy the film, but the acting and the music really uh, took me out of it. So uh, let's go with uh, Joey. What do you think of the film? I'd never seen it before. I oh. I liked it. I um, I thought Nancy Allen did quite a decent job. Uh, yeah, the I liked only, too. yeah, and you know, you had this star-studded cast, and you did a wonderful job of picking out even you know a very very young Keith Gordon. But the one that you missed, of course, is. Dennis Franz. Yeah. Oh, was, who, my God. The range on that Joe. guy. I saved, yeah. I saved him range. for you, Joe. I've, I've never seen him play an asshole cop before. It's oh, just, no, never. it's so unlike him. <laughs> he it was, was so badly acted though. I loved his giant wingtip collars and the, you know, the unbuttoned shirt with the gold chains and everything. He, he was either going to be a, a, bad cop or a pimp one of the two but hey i take a personal interest in our citizens knocking (laughs) each other off (laughs) i loved that line i wrote it down as a note um the opening of this film is you know let's kick it off with some erotica right in the shower and i don't that's that's not even showering that's just you're flat out masturbating in the water because nobody showers that slow I mean, yeah. come on, clean yourself and get out. We've only got so much hot water in this house. That's what I yell at my kids every day. <laughs> uh, I was very shocked to see Keith Gordon in this, and I'm dying to know what it was that he, two things. I don't understand that thing that he was making for the citywide science fair. I didn't understand. I couldn't comprehend. But the yeah. thing that left me hanging at the end of this film is there's no closure did he win? They, they, they never follow up on that. I like, yeah. that's the one thing I wanted to know. Just that would have been a perfect ending is, Hey, guess what? My new prostitute friend that I'm going to live with. I won the citywide science fair. Brian, I also, uh, Joe, if, you know, if you ever get a chance to see Brian De Palma speak anywhere, you should go and just ask him that question. Did that oh, kid win? Yeah. <laughs> we're all dying to know. Yeah. Um, Dennis Fran, uh, my note for Dennis Franz is always the picture of class and decorum. Oh, always. Uh, I I loved it when Nancy Allen tries to go in the subway and she bumps into Fat Albert and the gang down there, and they yeah. start chasing her onto the subway. I thought that was hilarious. Uh, I'm I I really I don't have a whole lot of problems with this film. I like I said I, the cab scene is so over the top overdubbed. And uh, just the moaning after moaning after it was like 15 minutes of straight moaning in the backseat of that cab. I also think Angie Dickinson needs to get some quieter shoes the next time she goes to a museum because that entire scene was nothing but listening to her going click, click, 
click, click, click, click, click, click as she walks mm-hmm. faster and faster. I, I think that was museum. Diploma's. Uh, I, I think he wanted that in there. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, yeah. yeah I, but I it, uh, uh, sp- speaking of that uh, cab scene, um, they filmed it right in the in the streets of uh, New York City, and there were like people like gathered around, like just bystanders watching the scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I also thought it was funny when she. She's in that guy's apartment that she just met at the museum and she's going snooping through his desk and she finds that letter that he got from the hospital or medical examiner or something like that, that says that he's contracted a venereal disease. Did you notice (laughs) it ends with an exclamation point? And I'm like, really? Do they always finish that sentence with an exclamation point when they're sending you the, the results from your test? Mark, do they? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, give yourself a rim shot there, Matt. Oh, but overall, God. I yep. I really enjoyed it. I, I liked it. Worth a watch. Yeah. Uh, my turn? And that's all I got to say about that. Okay. okay. <laughs> we didn't hear like... We, we, you kept cutting in and out. I'm not sure how much of that we heard, but um, let's see. But it it records perfectly on everyone else's end, so we're just sitting here hoping that <laughs> that you're still talking. Um, yeah, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. So. What'd you think? <laughs> thank you, Mark. <laughs> uh, um, I love this movie. I've seen it many times, or I, you know, at least a few times. I, I, of course, it was one of those in in high school. You put in the VHS and watch the first five minutes. <laughs> you know, basically over and over. Um, it's a body but, double, by the way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's obviously close, a body the, double. Yeah. The, the close up shots are the, the yeah, far the away is actually right. Angie. Yeah, there was the one shot from a distance. You could see her behind the glass. That's obviously her. But yeah, the close-ups were a body double. Um, let's see. Yeah, I I, I enjoy. I like this movie, and I I love the the museum scene, and I, I liked her click 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 click. You know, I think it. I felt like it almost added a metronome or like a ticking clock kind of feeling, and that whole scene was just. He's just. But De Palma is such a master of of setting up those kinds of scenes and that kind of flow where you know there's she goes in this direction and he's he's behind her and then she goes in another direction. It's just there was almost a dance to it, you know. There's almost like a just a, it almost like a yeah like a like a dance to it in a way. Um, the, there was a the cop on the subway was a total creep. Like she's trying to, you know, get away from someone and he's just like staring at her like, man, what's your problem? You know, as if in New York City, somebody can't be being traced by, you know, isn't, you know, he, right. like he didn't want to believe her, you know. But again, cops and horror movies are just idiots. Um, I would love for somebody to make a horror movie where the cops are good at their job. Of course, then it would probably be a short horror movie, but. I take a professional, yeah, that one. Uh, but Dennis Franz does look like a guy who would scratch his balls at in any situation. Like it doesn't matter. He's at church. I'm scratching. You know, he's he's in the grocery store. He, he's just he's just kind of sleazy. He, but yeah, he's 
Uh, how many times has he played a cop? I, it's got to be a million times. I don't know. It's got to be a thousand. I did have every a time. About, <laughs> yeah. Practically, yeah, exactly. right? Oh, no. Did he have... did play an angel in uh, that Nicolas Cage. Uh, uh, oh, no. Yeah. Was he an angel? No, he wasn't an angel. God, what was that fucking Nicolas Cage movie where he was an angel and he was this dad that was on the deathbed? Oh, man. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Uh, but that I did have a question. That kid was was filming every four seconds people coming out of of the house, but it's a Super 8 camera he's using, and those don't – you've got like – I don't know, a few minutes of film on one of those. Cause I used to have a super eight and I, I don't, I don't even think you have five minutes of film on those. So that didn't make sense to me. Like, how is he going to get that? Much but he footage? is, a, he is an engineering genius. I mean, well, he, I'm sure he figured out a way to do it. I mean, have, did you yeah. see his, like uh, his, his blueprint of like, you know, making the thing. It was insane. It's a genius. Yeah, I mean, that kid could win the citywide <laughs> science fair with something <laughs> like that, uh, but we'll never know. Um, we'll never know. The the asylum was hilarious. Like the asylum where she was with the guy, and then the guy attacks her or whatever. It, it or attacks not she was, but where he was and where the the nurse gets attacked. Uh, it looks like an asylum from a human league video from the nineteen. Yeah, like it, <laughs> yeah. It, looked, it looked like nice, Matt. Frankie goes to Hollywood or some one of those new wave bands. It was an insane asylum from one of those movies or videos. Uh, but I, you know, it's, it's a, it is kind of corny and you know, the whole, I, I it was, it's pretty, I, even back with the first time I saw it, it's pretty easy to predict who the killer is. You know, it's not, it's not like it's a huge reveal I, as you move it along, you kind of get it. And I like Nancy Allen. I think she's got, uh, she's not a great, you know she's not great in it, but I, I there's something no. about her tone, and and she's super pretty, and mm-hmm. there's just something about you know her. I thought is kind of fresh, and it's a different take on that kind of character. So I I liked her. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, she's a I fresh, mean, clean yeah, she hooker. Was, <laughs> she's yeah. Well, she's obviously an upper scale. You know, she's not like yeah. a, a well, street sure. or something like that. She works for a a high, you know, upscale. Uh, what is it? What do they call them? Clientel. Escort service, you know. Sure. Yeah. Well, she was she was nominated for uh, a Golden Globe uh, that year, like for upcoming, uh, yeah, new star or something. Yeah. yeah, newcomer. She was she. So I mean, she was on the uh, high end and low end of you know the awards or whatnot. I I did have a problem with. I mean, I think Brian De Palma at the end of uh, Dress to Kill tried to pull a carry. With uh, you know, you know, the jump scare yeah. at the very end, I, you know, yeah. he, he he tried to pull that off, and it still kind of worked. I mean, it was creepy, but why was Michael Caine just standing there constantly? I mean, why didn't he just go in? Like, did he not notice? You know, that mm-hmm. his foot and leg and half the body was sticking out, you know, behind from the door and yeah. whatnot, and but. Other than that, no. I mean, I I do enjoy this film. I, I I love I love Keith Gordon in it. He is so talented. I don't know why his career just didn't rock, you know, skyrocket it like, yeah. You know, like he some always, actors. He always played like a nerd. Yeah, you know, in those in in anything, including what Jaws two and you know, Back to School and 
Right. But yeah, interesting. But yeah, yeah. So moving on. But hey, Joe, I don't know if you're aware of, or of this or not, but uh, would you like to hear a fun fact about a hooker? Joe? I think he says yes. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. So uh, here's yeah. a fun fact about hookers. Uh, the first uh, uh, reliable reference of prostitution was 495 BC in ancient Greece in a poem from Artemain or Ar- Artemon, which references whore by choice. So there's a fun fact about hookers. So moving on. <laughs> the, wow, you did next, your homework. So the next <laughs> the next film uh, we're <laughs> Dear God. <laughs> so the next film the next film is going to be uh seems like it's gonna be one of your favorites. It's going to be the seasoning house. The Seasoning House. And uh, The Seasoning House is a 2013 British horror film directed by Paul uh, Hyatt. I believe that's how it's pronounced. H-Y-E-T-T. White. Hyatt. Anyways. Uh, it's a Hyatt. story. Yeah, Hyatt. Uh, it's a story of a young teenager who is deaf that is kidnapped by a militia who is slaughtered who has slaughtered the population of a small town back in 1996 in the Balkans, Balkans, uh, Bulgaria, uh, southeastern Europe. Uh, This young girl, as well as other girls, are taken to a brothel where they are prostituted out to men and the militia. The deaf girl has a large red birthmark on her face and is fancied by the man who runs the brothel named Victor, who makes her dope up the other girls with heroin and puts on makeup on their faces. And after a while, she learns how to secretly go throughout the house by crawling into vents and traversing in the walls to different rooms. Uh, She strikes up a friendship with one of the uh, prostituted girls. And when her new friend dies, she decides to fight back. Um... I'm torn on this film. Uh, One, it's hard to watch because it's about young girls being prostituted out and raped. And nobody in their right mind wants to watch that kind of shit. But unfortunately, this is what happens all over the world. Excuse me. Which is a a travesty. And um, I I don't know. I I, I, I didn't think this film was half bad. Um, I did... uh, enjoy some of the cinematography uh, I, I liked how the lighting looked i loved how she did go from room to room and then when the ship finally hits the fan and that's not until like maybe 70 minutes into the film but when she finally just decides to retaliate it gets really uh graphic and uh pretty gory and then there's a fun uh, cat and mouse chase when she's going through the walls and through the ceilings and through the floors and the militia is trying to get her. That was all fun. Um, then when she escapes the house and she's going through the woods and she finally ends up into this person's house, that's when I I kind of lost interest. Like, what the hell is this film even trying to attempt or even what it's really trying to say now? It goes in a totally different direction with all the pigs in the house and all of a sudden it was uh, the wife of 
the man that she murdered. And it, it, it just got a little too sloppy at the end. But I did enjoy this film. Um, I'll go with uh, Matt. What'd you think? Uh, it was okay. I, I think it was, I, you said this was not half bad. I think it was half bad. Uh, like the first half was okay, but then the second half I thought was pretty dumb. Uh, especially given the subject matter, like it, 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 right. it just got too schlocky action-y at the end for a movie that really started out the first 45 minutes, at least, or 70 minutes, I think, I guess you said, yeah. so really the first hour is pretty mm-hmm. hard to take, you know, and you're really hoping for some catharsis. And when it comes, it doesn't come in a way that feels satisfying. It comes in a way that sort of feels like a, like a just a silly movie you know it doesn't seem earned right no right it doesn't seem exactly that's a good way to put it it doesn't seem earned uh and i thought that you know if it was just you know you know for slavery like they're working someplace or whatever that's different but when you're talking about these girls being repeatedly raped and beaten on and we're having to watch all this for an hour then then it turns into this. I, I thought that the chase through the walls was kind of stupid, and then the, it really. Uh, I, I even my I, I was in fact I wasn't taking notes at first because everything that was happening was kind of disturbing, and then I wrote my first note is wow this took a turn for the dumb, <laughs> um, and then at the end the guy is stuck. He's stuck in a place that is like, what the hell? You're stuck? How are you stuck there, A? And then she shoves something in his mouth barely that he can't get out of his mouth. That whole rag in the mouth thing, for one thing, always bugs me because I don't believe that anyone really gets a rag stuck in their mouth ever. Uh, But in this case, she barely stuck it in there. How how would she even get to do that without – I would bite someone who's trying to stick something in my mouth. You know, you have to get your fingers in there. But you know, Matt, if you stuff that rag down far enough, it will uh, cause a reaction. You know, like when you now, issue I, a code red. I agree. If you stick it far <laughs> enough down, but she barely had it in his mouth. Um, and 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 I thought that the first half was, or first hour really, was too miserable for such a just a trite third act. Um, and it kind of, I mean, it came up, it was kind of miserable at first. And I thought, well, I, I hope this really, you know, what, what what's going to happen? I was interested, but in the end, I feel, I've kind of felt like it was sort of a, an imitate, a poor man's imitation of, of an e- Eli Roth movie, you know, without any humor. Hmm. Um, so I, I didn't care for this one. I gave it two stars actually. Um, hmm. so, or two cuts or whatever. So. Not really. It was my least, by far, my least favorite. Uh, is that true? No, no, that's not true. No, uh, it's not my least favorite of a bunch. <laughs> no, sorry, I forgot. What? Uh, th- yeah, there was one that what was. What film could you be talking about? Uh, I think we already had a conversation about this texting, but we can get to it. Um, but yeah, no, this was my second least favorite of the bunch. Yeah. Joe, what'd so. you think? I didn't. Uh, like it but i don't think i hated it as much as you guys did i will point out that i appreciated the special effects the blood the gore seemed yeah, yeah. decent it was realistic i like that part i do agree yeah it did take a hard right turn for the dumb once the 
the, the big chase scene started happening. Yeah. You know, like how much of a thriller chasing can you have in a vent system? Yeah. Right. I, I mean, Die Hard already did that. And, um, well, and all the characters yeah, are was, so overtly evil. Like, and I get it. Like, like it takes an evil person to do this, but not in a hand wringingly evil. You know what I mean? Like these guys felt like stereotypical movie villains. And this was such a, it's such a harsh subject matter that I I feel like it has to be handled better than that. Yeah. Right. It was taken too way too off the cuff. Right. And I do think that their ending was like, they were trying to be Eden Lake. You know, it seemed like they ripped off mm. that ending. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, kinda. Yep, yep. yeah. With the doctor at the end, it, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah. what? Yeah. And there were too many so, coincidences like that, too. The doctor and then, like, I think Mark mentioned. Right. Like, she the, the wife the of the house. The, the, the widow's house. house. Yeah, the yeah. widow's house. Like, so what? Dumb. Well, there's only six people that live in that whole town. So. I guess. Yeah. You're, you're bound to run into a relative somewhere, I guess. Yeah, of, of someone but, you uh, killed. No, I yeah, I like I had like three notes on uh, watching this movie, and one of them, of course, was the ripoff of the Eden Lake ending. So yeah. I didn't think too highly of it. You know, like I said, the best I can say about it is I like the special effects. So okay, moving on. But Joe, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but would you like to hear another fun fact about hookers? Hit me, Mark. Okay, so the term hooker comes from the. Uh, the tolerance of U.S. Civil War General Joseph Hooker, his army and all civil armies allowed and even encouraged traveling brothels, which followed the army's movements. Hmm. And that's your second fact of hookers. So that's our so next cool. film, <laughs> our next film, is going to be Peeping Tom. Peeping Tom. Uh, is a 1960 British uh, psychological horror thriller film directed by Michael Powell's and written by Leo Marx. Michael Powell's Peeping Tom was scorned on first release that it really uh, damaged his career, but it is now considered a classic and a contender as one of the first slasher movies ever. Uh, this film involves a serial killer. I almost said serial. Uh Never mind. Serial killer uh, who murders women. <laughs> shit. Uh, who murders women while using a portable portable film camera to record their dying expressions, so he can put on a so-called uh, documentary film for the public, or I think it maybe just for himself. But I think he wanted the public to see it. Uh, so, Peeping Tom and Psycho was released the same year. Um, in 1960, only three months from each other. Of course, Psycho is a superior superior and more thrilling uh, than Peeping Tom, but there are some distinct wonderful themes throughout the film, like Psycho with mommy issues with Norman Bates. Um, Our lead character, Mark, has daddy issues uh, with several, um, I don't know, um, repression, uh, voyeuristic uh, tendencies, like both of them do. So they kind of have like that similar uh, thing going on there, which is really fascinating that these were released uh, three months apart the same year. Um, I love the colors in this film. Uh, Such vibrant colors, especially at the beginning of the film. Um, 
I love the film leg that turns into a knife. It's a great idea, but hardly believable as an efficient uh, murder weapon. I mean, I think all the girl needs to do is just run and she's going to be pretty much golden. You can't just run around with this camera. It's going to be just bogged down. But I I really enjoyed this film. I remember Matt talking about this film that he saw this a uh, couple of months ago. And uh, so that's why I uh, picked it because Matt said he enjoyed it so much. But we're going to go with uh, Joe. How did Joe, what do you think of this film? I have a hard time reviewing films that are this old because I don't. You have to sort of transport yourself back. God, 64 years ago when this movie came out, and I guess to them, in their sheltered lifestyles, this was considered frightful and scary. However, I'm so dulled with, you know, we watch five horror movies plus every two weeks. You know, this is this is cake. You know, I can eat a plate of spaghetti and watch this film, and it doesn't affect me in the least. But I do appreciate from back then how this could have been conveyed as, you know, horror terrifying or psychological thriller. At least, uh, the acting is wonderful. The main actor, uh, who is Carl Heinz bomb, uh, who plays Mark. I, I think he's tremendous. I think he's just creepy as all get out. And the girl who, uh, is it Vivian? She was the dancer that he was, filming yeah. i mean i didn't think we really needed like this dance number in the middle of this horror film but she's very good at it and anna macy who played the girl occurred like in the same building um i thought she his was girlfriend yeah I, I thought she was very very interesting um mm-hmm. i know i've seen her in other things i just i can't place her but what i found really hard to believe it's she just turned 21 that birthday party that they were having. I'm like, all these people are supposed to be 21 years old. I'm like, my daughter's 21. She doesn't look half as old as you guys do. Hey, um, hey, Wilford Brimley uh, in Cocoon was younger (laughs) than Paul. was 18. Yeah. Yeah. People people were older back then. Yeah. But it it is creepy. It's back then in 1960 when this came out you know a guy walking around with a super 8 camera held under his you know long trench coat was creepy especially just picking on prostitutes there's a very jack the ripper type vibe in there so um yeah it was it was okay i'll never watch it again i've you know checked it off my list and wasn't a huge fan but it's better than a dead hooker in a trunk i guess so <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it's, it, I mean, it, it definitely doesn't hold up the psycho. Psycho is just a masterpiece, but I, there are just there's just some of the some of the ways that this director really directed this film. I, I thought it was really fascinating, just like mm-hmm. his style. It just really, uh, really stood out. Matt, you like yeah, this I, film? Yeah, I love this movie. Um, this is, you know. It's like a five and a half cut or four and a half cut for me. I I think it's, I think he's, I think the acting is fantastic. The direction, like you said, the camera movement, it's all, you know, really good. And there's a lot of just little interesting 
<clears throat> lines and interactions between people in this. I love the alcoholic mom down in the, you know, in the, the, the girl's mom. I think she's like a really interesting character. She's just sitting there drinking the, the blind and, alcoholic. Yeah. Mom? The blind alcoholic mom, she's, which made the, her even more interesting. <laughs> yeah. And the, and when the, the daughter leaves, she says to her daughter, she says, well, it, you'll probably be back by the time I've finished this drink. And, and so she leaves and then the mom like downs the drink and pours another one, you know? So, um, and I, I like, I, I do like the girl, um, what was her name? The one that, uh, was his girlfriend, I, the actress, uh, not more. Oh, Anna Massey. She, I thought she was really good too. I, I agree. I think she has a really interesting quality. There are some funny lines in this, like, um, she says, a hostess can't drink water at her own party. The guests might think it's a hint. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Um, so, Joe, no drinking water at any of your Halloween parties from now on. Uh, in, one, in one scene, I did done see that. Done and done. Yeah. There was a scene, I think it's the one where the girl's dancing maybe or whatever, and he's talking to her. You see the shadow of a crew member uh, run like walk past something it was uh, like obviously not there's no one else there because this is when he's killing the girl so must have been somebody on set walked by a light um the silly bitch she's faded in the wrong scene yeah that, <laughs> that, that director that was hysterical <laughs> yeah. that director had yeah. so many great little lines yeah um and and the scene the where the mom Fe- what uh, fear is the most frightening thing in the world. <laughs> what a prolific line. Yeah, that's great. Uh, but I do, I love the, the, the scene with the mom and him and his apartment. I thought that was a pretty good, it's kind of like she knows what he is, you know, and, but she's still okay with him dating her daughter as long as he gets the help he needs, you know, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think she suspects some stuff about it but she's okay so it, it's interesting and and i could see why people back then would have been shocked by it because there's some things in here that you know are, are pretty for that time you know it's it's pretty uh I, it probably would have if if it had been later it probably would have the video nasties it probably would have been one of those that was would have been uh, you know canceled or whatever so yeah, with the video nasties, just with the yeah. the model slash hookers at the beginning of the film and how right. that was portrayed. I mean, you, you didn't really see that in just distributed. No, no and they, you know, uh, obviously they didn't show any nudity or even any real gore, but you know, it was interesting. Well, they, and then they showed they, nudity with uh, at, at the end of the film with uh, when he killed the. The model slash uh, uh, prostitute, you know, they, her top when she was lying, lying down, uh, uh, she was half naked. They showed her breast, which uh, was uh, cut out on, uh, out of a lot of uh, out of a lot of uh, screenings. Yeah, yeah diversions. Yeah. yeah, I guess that that's true. Yeah. So yeah, no, I like this movie. I think it's a good one. Okay, great. Well, Joe, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but you're ready for another uh, fun fact about hookers. Oh. <laughs> I cannot wait. That's great because in Australia, uh, prostitution is legal. Where? Australia. Huh. <laughs> wow. Can you believe it? Australia. That's yeah. what I said. Australia. They're in Vegas. 
Yes. It parts. Parts. Well, parts. Well, yeah, I'm thinking. It's of only Nevada. wrong if you get caught, Mark. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so the next film uh, is going to be uh, the one that I think everyone's been waiting for. It's a Dead Hooker in a Trunk, 2017. 2017. What's the plot? Well, what is the That's plot? That's a good question. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> that is I a guess good question. Some questions were never meant to be answered. That's uh, true. I guess you could say that two sisters, uh, one named Badass, the other named Geek, and their friend named. Uh, yeah, and their friend uh, pick up their. Uh, wait. What is it? It's 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 the two sisters. One's named Badass. The other one's named Geek. And uh, also their friend, uh, Junkie. Yeah, Junkie is the actual name. And uh, they go to pick up uh, Geek's uh, friend, whose name is Goody Two-Shoes, from his youth church group. They are going to purchase some drug, drugs for Junkie, but they find a dead hooker in their trunk. They don't recall if they killed this hooker because they blacked out from alcohol the night before. Uh, that's the premise. Okay? Uh, hijinks and shit happen throughout this film. It gets crazier and uh, more ridiculous more and more throughout the film. Uh, <laughs> look, um, this film was made for $2,500. Okay? Um is it great? No. Is it bad? Yes. But knowing how much money was spent and taking that in account, I can forgive the shaky cam. I can forgive the atrocious audio, the horrific acting, the horrendous dialogue that you can't even hear sometimes because of the bad audio. And uh, But what I can appreciate is that these two sisters just scrounging up money – uh, making a horror film. And I, I can respect that. I can respect that. Is it a bad film? Yes. But I can see watching this film, them having a fun time making this film. You can see they're kind of having a fun time making this film. And uh, so I'm going to give it a pass. I don't think it's uh, worse than Zombex. Zombex, they kind of tried to make it a little bit more serious. I don't know. I mean, you had a, you, you have a, the character junkie uh, getting slashed up with the chainsaw and, you know, they put a bandage around it and then she they're in on a road and she raises her arms up and a semi truck uh, takes it off. What do they do? They run and pick up the arm. (laughs) You can totally tell it's a fake arm and they just throw it in the car and then they sew it back on and they're putting uh, electrical tape as an X over the eye on the sister, you know, because uh, her eyeball got knocked out by getting hit on the back of the head. I mean, it's silliness. It's absolute silliness. But, you know, if you if you take it too seriously, you're going to absolutely hate it, you know. But if you just tongue-in-cheek, knowing the budget, it could be a fun film to watch. Matt. <laughs> Matt. What you think, uh, buddy? Well, as usual... The worst movies we watch usually provide the most notes. Um, but and this is I this I will say this right now. This is one of the worst movies we've ever watched. And so the big question is, 
whether it's worse than Zombix. So let me go through my notes. Uh, one of the sisters has glasses on. Let me guess. That's the smart one. Because <laughs> only smart people wear glasses, I, I suppose. Oh, uh, Jesus. Here we go. <laughs> was this shot on VHS? Because it sort of looks like it. I'm pretty sure it was shot on a video camera. Uh, there's there at one point there was dust on the lens filter and in a scene and uh, obviously they probably just were like well we got to use this shot. How the hell did her arm catch on fire in that scene? Like there's a scene where she's sitting there. I don't know how the all of a sudden her arm's on fire. Do you guys remember that sh- that scene? Yeah, yeah. at the she, church. She lit a trailer. Candle. She what? She lit a candle. I don't remember that. I don't remember seeing that. The way it's shot, you can hardly see anything. But all of a sudden, your arm's on fire. And I'm like, candles don't light your whole arm on fire unless you've got gasoline on them or something. But um, Maybe she had gasoline on her arm. Yeah. And then the guy in the hood just pops up in the church. All of a sudden, he's sitting next to someone. There's just weird stuff like this that don't make any sense. There's no establishing shots. It's just all of a sudden, we're in a scene. And then we're in a different scene. Um, sometimes I can't tell ta- to I can't tell who's talking or to whom they're talking. Like I, I'm like, who said that? The the shots, it, 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 they didn't. Obviously, I don't think anybody who made this. I don't think they knew anything about movies. Um, and then I wrote, this may be worse. At, the, at a certain point in the movie, I realized this might be worse than Zombex. It might be. But let's, uh, I, I, will, I, will give my, I will give my verdict of my own opinion on that at the end. Um, the camera movement is so bad. And no, Mark, it did not get better. I, I texted the group at one point and I said, <laughs> I, I'm getting vertigo from the, from the camera movement. And Mark said, no, don't worry. It gets better. I'm like, it really? Did, it, I, does, I, it does get better. It, did. it does. No, it, it, there were a couple it, scenes it in the middle. More. It, there were a couple scenes where it was calm, the but it credits. stayed. Yeah. It stayed bad. Yeah. The ending credits, it stayed bad throughout. Um, Let's see. I've lost track. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Uh, the eyeball wounds stop. But yeah, eyeball wounds just stop bleeding if you put some electrical tape on them. That I, <laughs> That's something I learned from this movie, Joe. Um, I've lost track of the I plot. I learned a lot from this movie. <laughs> yeah. I've lost. I've completely lost track of the plot at one point. You almost ne- never see anyone entering a scene. You hear footsteps or a door closing, and the next shot is them standing there. That's that's their establishing shot. Uh, there's ob- almost zero establishing shots. You can see how people get. You can't see. Yeah. Uh, there's no sense of time passing either. Like I'm not sure what the order of the scenes are or what the time is or why they're still, I don't even know why they decided to bury this, this girl. Why didn't they? She wasn't even dead, actually, actually she wasn't even dead. She was like unconscious all the way through this time. And then remember when she pops up, right. And badass yeah, yeah. decided to hit her with a shovel. I was like, yeah. okay. But by so, then I was just enjoying it. I wasn't. Um, <laughs> And everything was so tightly shot, it's hard to get like a sense of where anyone is in relation to each other. The only thing that perhaps makes this better than Zombex is they actually did a few shots that were kind of hard to do, especially in the budget they had, such as the guy burning. Uh, the, and 
and so and there is a certain do-it-yourself charm to it and I, and I don't mean that it's a charming movie at all but there is a a slight hint of of do-it-yourself charm whereas Zombex didn't have anything charming about it it was basically smug cynicism really more than anything it was just horribly done this had i i guess there's a little bit of charm to it i would never say to anyone that they should watch this movie unless they really 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 like bad and bad 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 movies or um, or if uh, uh one of the hosts of Cinescares tells people to watch it I I would never tell anybody to watch it. Um, and then I did. <laughs> and the soundtrack, the soundtrack had a few good songs, but that's as, that's the most praise I can give it. Well, thanks, it, Matt. Aside from that, <laughs> it was one of it was probably the second worst movie we've ever watched on this show. We we should do a rundown of the worst movies we've ever reviewed and do it for an episode. It would be Zombex and this. And and they're close. They're real close. Wow. Wow. Okay, Joe. So we open with the worst punk band ever. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of punk music. And whatever was going on at the beginning of that film yep. was not punk music. It was <laughs> fucking terrible. It did and the they call this. They shouldn't call this dead hooker in a trunk. They should call it almost dead hooker in a trunk. Yeah, right. He wasn't dead. Um, here's my notes. Hold the camera still for God's sake. Establish a shot for once later on. I'm getting seasick Buy a fucking tripod. You know, I find it difficult to appreciate this argument of, well, they only had $2,500. That doesn't make me like it more. If they had $2,300, I wouldn't have to like it more than that. If you're going to make a movie, make a good movie. I don't care what the budget is, but right. just... I, you don't get an asterisk with me. It, I either like it or I don't. And I will like some movies like Kevin Smith's Clerks that cost $30,000. I will like the first Clerks just as equally as I like Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. And that one cost 10 times the amount to make that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I don't think that's much of an argument. Uh, the Here's another example. The worst writing. You've got two terrible cops, which we've seen in every movie, but look at the lines that they're given. We can do this here, or we can do this downtown. I right. mean, it practically writes itself. It's oh, just, yeah. I need more than that. And then, of course, there's the tropes, like Matt pointed out earlier. Um, this is the first. So there's the girl with the glasses who's got her hair up. And then, do you think maybe she's going to let the hair down and shake it out and take her glasses off? And, oh, look at that. Yeah. She still can't act. Yeah. And totally um, mugging, mugging for the camera. Oh constantly, yeah, yeah, constantly. Yeah. Uh, I did laugh out loud hysterically when the semi truck drove by and knocked that girl's arm off. Yeah, and I was astounded of how quickly and easily they were able to reattach it. That was uh, hilarious. You know, if um, and there were funny, there were little moments like that that were kind of funny and. Uh, this is going too far, but I, it would be interesting to see what they could have done if they had like somebody at least shooting the movie who knew what he was doing, you know, or, yeah. but, but they, obviously I don't think anybody who made the movie really even watched m- movies that much. I mean, I mean, they had, a, I mean, they had her getting dragged by a horse and she's shooting the gun. I mean, it's just chaos. It's just great. It's like, Oh, we got a horse. I also, me. 
I also thought it was weird that all the henchmen from from the drug dealer they just carry around like sandwich baggies full of cocaine, snorting it off their arms. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, you know, I don't want to spoil the ending or anything, but guess what? They all live happily ever after. I would put of this course. movie above Zombax, but below Don't Fuck in the Woods. Well, Don't Fuck in the Woods is genius. Yeah. I, I think there's yeah, your I, bottom I three. Think, I think Don't Fuck in the Woods is better than this. Yes. Yeah. 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 Below uh, Don't Fuck in the Woods. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yep. So... The, our worst still is Zombex, then, then this, this, and then, then don't fuck in the woods. Don't yeah. fuck in the yeah. woods. Yeah, or whatever other he who shall not be named horror movie insert here. Well, yeah, that whole batch was yeah. yeah. Jesus, like Corbin Nash. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Corbin Nash is not that bad of a film. High or, praise. or I'll even go so far as to say that. Um, that Glenn Danzig movie that Mark and I watched. Oh God! Oh. Yeah, that was that was bad. Wait, Matt, wait, you haven't seen? No, Veronica. I stopped watching it. So if that had been a pick, <laughs> that might be the worst movie. But I stopped watching it. I just like I can't. I don't have time for shit like we this. We have to. Well, we, we, we so have to bad. Review, we have to review that movie one day. That Mark. movie's great. Um. So, anyways, uh, I guess we're gonna move on. But hey, Joe, you want a fun fact about hookers? Do I? Do you? Great. I don't really. <laughs> well, here we go. Uh, every year in the United States, between 70,000 to 80,000 people are arrested for prostitution, costing taxpayers approximately $200 million. And that's another fun fact easy. about hookers. Okay. Easy for you to say. So the last, the last film, I saved it for last because... One, um, I know it's, um, I don't know if it's a favorite with Matt, but Matt does love uh, David Lynch. I enjoy David Lynch, um, and I do enjoy this film. It's basically, I wanted Joe's reaction, and Joe, you will be last on this, for sure. Because I'm, I'm just going to sit back and let you guys talk. I really, <laughs> yeah, I, this is your stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. but Might as well watch Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Jesus. Oh man. That's 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 a that's a hard right blow to us, Joe. That was mean. Okay, so Twin Peaks, Fire Walk with Me. It's a 1992 psychological horror film directed by David Lynch that at the Cannes Film Festival, it met it met with boos and hisses by the audience and also hoots and whistles at the same time. Quentin Tarantino, who was also in attendance, said that in an interview, after I saw Fire Walk With Me, David Lynch had disappeared so far up his ass that I have no desire to see another David Lynch film until I have heard otherwise. So uh, Joe asked the question, do I need to see this series? No, I don't think you do. Um, I watched only the first two episodes of uh, season one when it first came out and stopped. So when I saw it on VHS in 93, I remember understanding it. But to be honest, I never understood the characters or what the fuck was all the foreshadowing shit was going on. But I enjoyed it. I thought some of uh, the foreshadowing was laughable. It was very David Lynch. And uh, I thought it was great. I mean, Firewalk With Me is... Um, 
The prequel to the television series Twin Peaks 1990 and 1991, the show was canceled after two seasons because of ratings droppings and uh, it was expensive. It was a very expensive production. Lynch wanted to make a trilogy for the theaters. So with a budget of $10 million, he made Firewalk With Me. It only uh, drew in $4.2 million. So other than the two films, um, they, we just never saw them made. Uh, but the film begins uh, with a prologue of some sort uh, with two FBI agents played by Chris Isaac and Kiefer Sutherland investigating a teenage dead girl, Teresa Banks. Then after 15 or 20 minutes, the main story starts on the last seven days of Laura Palmer. Um, I know that the reason why was because uh, with this prologue with Kiefer Sutherland and Chris Isaac was because uh, uh, Kyle McCoughlin uh, didn't want to be typecast as uh, the role. So he didn't want to be too much in it. So they rewrote the beginning with Kiefer Sutherland and Chris Isaac to kind of build it up. But what's weird about it is that you see Chris Isaac uh, reaching underneath um, the trailer to grab the ring and then he just disappears. And then um, Kyle McLaughlin's uh, character shows up and he goes to a trailer park. And uh, Henry Dean Stanton says, where are you going? He's going, I'm going this way. And he's going, that's the wrong way. He's going, no, I'm going to go this way. And then that was it. And then you never see Kiefer Sutherland again. You never see Chris Isaac. So it really didn't really kind of make sense. But I love the last seven days of um, – Laura Palmer. I think it's really, really uh, beautiful. The music is just involving and stunning. Uh, the acting is so David Lynch. It's just off the cuff. And I, I really, really like this film. Matt, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I like this. I don't think it's one of David Lynch's better movies, but I, I do enjoy this a lot. And mm-hmm. I did feel bad for Joe because I do – I disagree with you, Mark. I do really think you need to have watched the series to get anything out of this because this is – this isn't like the series, the the original series. It's more like the second series, uh, the Twin Peaks The Return that came out a few years ago. It's more like that in that style where it's very dense and kind of – almost inaccessibly artsy it's it's really it's they were very it's more similar to that it it's not it's not like the original series was much more accessible in terms of its narrative it was a much more linear narrative there was weird stuff in it but it was it was uh more like dressing for the movie there or for the TV show the the TV series I do highly recommend. And I wish Joe had had watched it at some point, because I think you would like the series up to, I think it's episode 17. After that, David Lynch started getting disinterested and, and he wasn't really involved in like the last half of the second season of twin peaks. There were other people writing it, other people directing it. And he didn't come back until the, like the last two episodes. And that was the end of the show. So he kind of, he just kind of lost interest, but the first 17 episodes of that, I will put up against almost any TV show ever. It's, it's amazing. So it's high. I highly recommend that this is dense david lynch it's as weird as david lynch can go i love it 
personally, but I felt bad for Joe <laughs> because there's a lot in here that you have to have watched the series to know what's going on. It's not, there's no, even though it's a prequel, there's still characters and there's references that the movie, that the movie makes to stuff as though you already are coming into it with some knowledge. And so even though a lot of the story is people that weren't in the TV show, uh, it, it, it would be hard to watch this without knowing having any background on it at all. And even I have background on it because I've watched the first, I've watched the series a couple times, a few times. Uh, we I revisit it every now and then. It's it's really good. So, but even I had trouble following certain things. Like what was that? And then some of it is just I don't think that's meant to be followed. It's just it's David Lynch going cray cray. Um, but the you know like Bob, if you don't know who Bob is the long haired guy then, uh, or, or the fact that, that, uh, that, that Laura Palmer's dad was Bob, you know, and the killer, he was possessed by Bob. If you didn't know all of that ahead of time, it would be, you know, you'd be like, what the hell's going on with Ray wise and, and all of that. So, and then there were characters that they jumped to that didn't really even have to do with the main plot of this movie, but they jumped to them just for fans of the TV show. Like, like Matt, one our man, the, the one I met. Well, he had something to do with the plot, but Madchen Amick, who was one of the waitresses who's ha, lives with her boyfriend, who's abusive. And they were like cleaning up something on the floor. There's just a couple scenes like that, that it, if you weren't fans of the show, you wouldn't know why they even showed that scene. And it was all just a call back to the show. So, um, I, I like this. I do think it's, it's, it's weird. David, it's, it's it is out there. David Lynch, but I'm I'm on board for that every step of the way, which I'm I'm quite sure. A Joe's not into that stuff as much. Uh, the really weird David Lynch. I think I do think Joe, you'd like the show, the, at least the first 17 episodes. Uh, but but <laughs> I guarantee you, Joe's not going to like this movie. Not well, yeah, anything about it. Well, that's why I wanted to save Joe for last because yeah. I, I'm really curious about his review. But Joe, before you start, I have I have one question. When you watched this film for the first time, tell me if if it just ended with the prologue with Kiefer Sutherland and Chris Isaac and the two you know the two FBI agents and going through just what they were going through as a story. Were you enjoying yourselves? during that part and how it was acted? Uh, I feel like it's right up your alley. That's two different questions. Was I enjoying myself? Yes. I I mean, it was very early on. I was okay with it. Okay. Was it well acted? No, it was not. Uh, I don't understand. I'm going to, let me go back and I want to actually, I I need to agree with Isaac in this. I I didn't care for him in this. I didn't like them at all. I agree with Matt 100% in the sense that you should feel sorry for me that I watched this. <laughs> because I didn't understand a fucking thing. Yeah. And, oh, so and I'm going to start right off the bat <laughs> yeah, here we with go. David Lynch himself. Why is he yelling? Well, that, Why, he, what, what, he's got he two has, ear pieces. He's a character he has 80% hearing loss. <laughs> That's his character. And so, it's wonderful. I don't know that coming in. Right. I just think he's slow and he doesn't realize that he's talking that loud. You it know, just seemed like a really weird choice well, for me. Joe, the, it's, pretty, the, it's pretty 
obvious that he's got the earpieces in and that he has a hard time hearing. It wasn't the first time he started talking. Yeah. And I didn't know those were earpieces because they were fucking huge. They were like that guy from Empire Strikes Back who was with uh, Lando Calrissian with the Lob- bald head. Lobot. They're, yeah, Lobot. they were that big. <laughs> that the the uh, There were little things like that that you, you needed to have watched the show to understand why it's happening. And in you the show... You didn't need to watch the show for that part. You definitely do, because it, it, obviously Joe didn't even know why he was talking like that. So He's being he, sarcastic. No idea. No, he, I had no idea. Why was he yelling so much? I, Mark, I don't think... And everybody you, else is just like okay with it. And then I don't understand the whole thing with... Uh, they were watching the surveillance cameras and somebody was walking down the hallway and they kept going David back Bowie. and forth and checking. And yeah. And then all of a sudden David Bowie shows up and I'm <laughs> yeah. like, oh, okay. I, I mean, I like Bowie as an actor, but for some reason when he comes down the hallway, he's not visible by a surveillance camera. I just, I didn't get this when there's a white horse that appears in your bedroom. What the fuck does that mean? I, <laughs> these are all references I, to I the did show. Some, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This was a waste of time for me because I didn't get anything. I'd swung and missed at every pitch coming yeah. my way. You know what I hate about this pick, Mark, is that it. I think it's going to basically kill any chance of Joe watching the TV show, which is the thing you need to 100%. watch. 100%. Like, like, 100%. The original series is a masterpiece, and I think Joe would really like it. But th- you had him watch this first, and now it's it, you know, a lot of it's ruined. The mystery is ruined for him now i it, 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 yeah i don't know why the midgets have to walk and talk backwards oh, to get their the point best. across i love that oh, it, it's so good i i i did had to, i mean it was neat to watch i will i do appreciate that part um let's rock. and then i had to do i had to do some other digging to find out the whole bobby briggs and leland palmer thing so i outside of watching the film i did some homework and i found out that relationship yeah and well, there's, there's that when someone when i finally read that that like put a big piece of the puzzle together for me i'm like oh okay i get that now there's there's a a, a shot of a t- of a car when when cooper goes to look for for the the trailer and it's gone and there's a shot of a car and and on the windshield it's written let's rock that's a reference to the show uh the the um uh, what was the thing you just said, Joe, that you, I can't remember. The Bobby now. Briggs and Leland Palmer are the yeah. same person. Right. Yeah. It's just, there's, there's oh, no, not Bob. Yeah. Bob, the killer Bob and Leland Palmer is, he's, Leland yeah. Palmer is, he's the guy, the whole mystery of the whole TV series was who killed Flora Palmer. And we came to find right. out that it was her dad who killed her. And that was one of the biggest reveals at, in episode 17. That, and, it, and that scene where that happens, I'm going to send you the scene show because it's really well done. And that scene. Was oh yeah. So send sh- it. I'm not going to watch it, but go <laughs> ahead and send it. <laughs> that scene, that, no, it's really that scene where, where we find out who Bob is in the TV show was super shocking. And really, uh, it kills me that you picked this because now Joe's. Wait, not gonna watch wait, it. It, it was, it was explained. Way to go, Mark. I thought it was explainable with Bob and Leland uh, Palmer. I, it was explainable. They, I thought Lynch did a good, you know, job. You know, it's like when she saw, Bob, and then you know she ran out of the house, and then the father came out, and then right, but it they're sitting mean in the car to you unless you'd watched the show. 
I don't know. I guess I enjoyed the movie enough, and I didn't. I only watched the first two episodes. I didn't know who killed Laura Palmer, and I figured it out. And I, I really enjoyed the film. I thought Joe maybe would like it too. I want to know why Laura Palmer's still in high school. She was twenty five when they shot this. Well, she had to play. Yeah, they had. To, you know, it <laughs> was a while. Jesus, Joe. But, yeah. Way I to be nitpicky, like show. <laughs> Joe. I think you should watch the TV show. I think yeah, Joe, watch it. the show. I think you'll we'll love make, it. We'll make an episode out of it. <laughs> Let's see if I have some time. <laughs> All right, Joe, are you ready for another fun fact about hookers? No. Okay, so violence experienced in a prostitution. 64% are threatened with a weapon. 73% are physically assaulted. 57, 57% are raped. And 13% no violence reported. And that is my final fun fact about hookers. Seems like a rough workplace. Yeah, yeah. it is. <laughs> like Sinus like Scare. No. Okay. <laughs> That's it. Well, that was a good uh, series <laughs> of picks, Mark. Uh, you enjoyed most of them, except uh, two. I enjoyed. What did, what did I enjoy? I enjoyed Firewalk with me, but I've seen it before. You enjoyed Dress to Kill, Peeping and Tom. Dress to Kill. Peeping yeah, Tom. Yeah. And you were half on the fence with uh, a dead hooker in a trunk. No, I was not on the fence. No, not oh, even close. They can't all be paging Dr. Horner. No, I was half on the fence of whether it was worse than Zombex, but no, I, it was a terrible <laughs> movie. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I know Joe. You're welcome, Mark everybody. Picked- Mark picked one more movie. I um, did. Go ahead. If people watched it, go ahead and tell what you thought of it. No. Joe and I didn't watch it. No? No. Right. No. I'll, I'll save it. I'll save it for another episode because it's that right. good. It's that well, good. Yeah. Uh, good Hooker's job, Mark. Redux. Uh, with these picks. Um, Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Appreciate it. You, Matt, you, you, Thanks. You gave us one of our top three worst movies ever. So our next episode is, and, and I, I probably should have figured out how to um, pronounce this guy's name, but we have a, Joe is not going to be able to be in town when we normally would record two weeks from now. So instead we're going to have to, we're going to have to re, we're going to have to record sooner than we normally would, which means we can't watch five movies. So we looked for a guest and we got a guest and, and this one I'm really excited about. I think Joe is too, at least. Uh, and that is very a com- much so a composer by the name of George Streicher or Stryker, S T R E I C H E R. And you can look him up online. He has an album out called music of the macabre. And it is a written, in fact, one of the songs he gave us permission to use for our promo that I put together last fall for our, uh, for the show and sinister and- Halloween. Yeah, Sinuscare Halloween promo. And that song was Memories of Halloween from that album. I have the vinyl of it. Michelle gave it to me for Christmas, and it is fantastic. But you can also find Memories of Halloween by George Streicher on Apple Music. And so look that up because it's a really, really good album of some excellent, very uh uh, what Joe, I think you uh, said it was sort of Danny Elfman like. It's it's excellent stuff. Yes, and, and yeah. very actually, I I think it's great to have like on in the background while you're at work. Oh, totally. I mean, not to yeah. like spook your coworkers or anything, but like 
I'm in an office by myself. And so just having music playing all day long, this stuff was great to listen to. Very n- nostalgic Halloween kind of music and uh, yeah. very well it's done. Not- it was, I think it was recorded by the Budapest symphony orchestra, if I'm not mistaken, but, uh, uh, but we'll, we will be talking to him about music and how he does his music. He's also done some, he's done incidental music for, uh, some, some movies. He's also done incidental music for some video games. And so, but we definitely want to talk to him. He's also a big fan of, of Halloween, the, the season Halloween, and we, so we asked him also, in addition to that, uh, because we have time to watch one movie at least. So I asked him, uh, you know, if he could tell us his favorite movies. So out of the list that he gave us, we picked a movie that we've never reviewed on this show before. And that is The Blob. So check out The Blob. There's 1988. No 1988. 1988. Yeah, the, the is remake. there a remake? It is a remake. It's, it is a remake. 1988 with Kevin Dillon. But was there, yeah. there was a was there a newer remake too, or was it just the two? No. no. Okay. Just, so 1988. Just the one. 1988 with Kevin Dillon. Uh, so check that out. We will be watching that. Uh, so this won't be a pick of any of ours. It's it's going to be George's pick, and and then we'll be interviewing him as well. So uh, I guess. I guess that's it, right? Unless you that's want to hear it. another fun fact about hookers. Uh, no, I think I've heard okay. enough of those uh, fun facts. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> good night, everybody. All right. So until next time, we will see you uh, next <laughs> next time. <laughs> I feel like I feel good like night, Luca everybody. Brazzi. I feel like Luca Brasi. Yeah. <laughs> Sleeping right. with the fishes. <laughs> good night, Joe, everybody. You want to hear another fact about good night. hookers? Good night. You ever seen a grown man naked? See anything you like? Striker, striker. Have you all got amnesia? They just cheated us. That's how we get you, Bob. Got a death curse. It was a shark. Little pig. Let me come in. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. I'm just gonna bash your brains. Have a fondness for films involving whores or hookers or whatever you want to call it. That's it.